moments of 599. Okay, we're finally recording. Hello and welcome to The Freak Show, episode 6? Something like that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's 6. Okay, yep, episode 6, because the last one was Ghost Theories, and then we had the mini-sode, so this is episode 6. Yeah. I am your host, Joseph Taylor Lillard, Don't Steal My Identity, uh, I am AP, Asian Persuasion, and this is my sidekick... Tevin Napier, Triple B, Barely Burnt Bacon, Don't Steal My Identity. Don't, don't, don't steal my identity. I'm not giving out my last name because I don't trust people like that. Okay, BM, this is Brittany Marley. I know it is. I was trying to give you anonymity. Steel. No, wait, because then there was that one guy that wanted to date me that was called Steel, so it's useless. What? Steel? You're talking to the mic more. You dated a guy named Steel? No, but he wanted to. You better not. You just don't, 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 don't. Okay, we're moving on. This I am Brittany B.H. I almost cursed, so I can't do this one. <laughs> Broken Hopeful. All right. Broken Hopeful still works. Yep, still works. Yes, it is. Until you get rich, and then, you know. Ballin' and Hopeful. There you go. Yeah. Ballin' and Hopeful. Oh, my gosh. When is Brittany going to be rich? I don't know. What's that question? When she marries a rich man because she's not in love with him. Duh. Or a rich woman. I'm sorry. I am I am equal opportunity here. I, you know. Are we are we really equal opportunity? I'm equal opportunity in the sense that men and women both can be rich. That's that's equal in a way. That's terrible. Women aren't supposed to be rich. All right, Charlie Manson. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, moving on to sexist pigs that use women as prostitutes, Tevin. Uh, we are now talking about Charles Manson. I feel a little. I'm so excited. I feel a little attacked. You are attacked. <laughs> you just you just basically <laughs> like segregated and destroyed half of our gay audience. Wait, do we have a gay audience? I don't Anybody? know. <laughs> Not anymore. Does Hannah listen to this podcast? Yes. Hannah is his wife. Hannah, we're so sorry for you. <sighs> Gosh, you guys really hung on to the fact that I wanted this to be goofy this week, didn't you? So, so Tevin and I were talking on the phone the other day, and he goes, Joe, I just don't know how to be silly or, or joke about things like Charles Manson getting raped when he was a kid or, oh, yeah. or any of these awful things. And I said, you know what? Do you know who can be silly when all that stuff is involved? Small town murder. Small town murder approved. They literally can joke about anything, Tevin. They, they, they made fun of a family member for being grim to, about someone disappearing. And then they made the joke, Grim Karen. The girl's name was Karen, and they go, shut up, Grim Karen. Because the whole time she's literally just being like, they're probably dead. When no one said that, Karen, they just disappeared from their house. Okay, you're. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it was like. Okay. Which I'm the only one that's that stays like up to date with. Small Town Murder, Brittany. The, uh, the last four episodes have been the craziest episodes that I've ever heard in my entire life. I'll try so, to record just them. saying, yeah, record them. You mean listen to them? <laughs> Here's the fun fact: I'm actually on Small Town Murder. You're on Small Town Murder, huh? Yeah, alternate identity. You know Hannah Montana? Yeah. Yeah, just like that. Except, what do you know about Hannah Montana? Too much. Sh- shut up. <laughs> 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 
Okay, so let's talk about the research that we've done for this and let's compare. Joe uh, has done huh, a significant amount of research. Yeah, unfortunately, um, okay. I watched I watched a like two ep- two episode documentary. Mm, that's good. No, that's actually really good. I mean, that's the way that you learn. You listen by listening, and you learn by watching. So that works. I listened to a three part podcast. Only listened to two parts of it, and then thought is about it stuff you should it. know. Stuff you should remember, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You too. Yeah. Yeah. I did. I listened to that, and I also wa- uh, watched a small documentary, a uh, YouTube video yeah. of, you know, crazy people mm-hmm. uh, talking about how Charles Manson was part of MK Ultra. So we'll get on that and that conspiracy. What? And then what? We'll talk he about it. He's not part of the government. We're, no. It's like, he was like a test subject. Mm-hmm. We'll okay. talk about it. And then okay. uh, I also... Uh, read a horrible book by one of the Charles Manson sixteen-year-olds that was part of his group, oh, yeah. and about how his how her life was nothing but hippies and drugs. It was really boring. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll, boy. And then I read a book about Charles, or I, sorry, I listened to a book by Charles Manson. By the way, what is your guys' opinion when it's an audio book? Do you say that you read the book, or do you say that you listened to the book? I say I listened, I listened to, the to the book. Okay. Yeah, I or, listen to I've listened to several audiobooks now. Because you know what I mean though, right? Like Love when it. you're like, Oh yeah, I read this book and it's like, Oh yeah, me too. I mean, I listen to it on audiobook. Like, I mean it's the same it's at the end it's still the same thing. You both have the same knowledge of the thing, except one of yeah. you had a yeah. hard copy and one of you doesn't have time and like yeah. listen to listen yes, to Yes, I all yes, I also inquired the knowledge from the book. Yeah. Like that's how you well, have to say it. It's someone reading you the bird book versus someone you know reading the book and it's it's kind of like you're 12 years old again and your parent who never read you a bedtime story is now reading you a bedtime story except you're driving a truck yeah yeah sure also while while we're on this rabbit trail i'm currently listening to the lord of the rings yeah and let me tell you it's fantastic they they left out so much yeah you know and also uh, um do you know what else i know it made you angry you should listen to, or you should read or listen to the Harry Potter books. Yeah, I've when, read uh, the first four. The the last couple, like, you know how, like, in the last couple movies, uh, like, the Weasley house burns down? Yeah. Not in the book. Didn't happen in the book. What? Yeah, no, they actually use Ron's house as a, as, as a secret covert place. So why burn down the house in the movies? I don't know. But it made me very angry. All right. To be dramatic. To be dramatic. That's why. Because they had to have sometimes even more tragedy in the Harry Potter novels. right? Or war doesn't really No, no. Of course not. People dying isn't enough. No. Voldemort coming back as a weird looking snake isn't enough, huh? Nope. Just like a road tomorrow. Yeah. Let me ask you this. What happened to his nose? Why did everything else come back but his nose? Magic has a price. Rhinoplasty is expensive. And his price was his nose? Yeah, yeah that sounds awful. Well, he didn't have a soul. What else was he getting? I'm pretty off? sure it's also an enemy, I guess, and this, and this thing is a snake, so I mean, it would only make sense. Ooh, that's true. It didn't make him look more like a snake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They should have given him a snake tongue, too. That would have been funny. You're not <laughs> wrong, but... And then he was okay, like... Blah, 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 blah. Everyone this, way. this would have been funny for some. It would not have been funny to other people, too. No, Harry Potter would have been like, that's so creepy. Can I touch it? <laughs> I'm just mad. Brittany is in silence. Okay, so... I'm not... <laughs> 
No, just Brittany, imagine did, like did, her part like bapping the tongue back. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, Brittany, do you need to go take a cold shower? Wow. Whoa! All right. And this is a bad awkward bad silence. silence. All what right. Is Charlie Manson? Yep. Did All right. Not have a snake tongue. So so so, so 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 so. Where are we starting? Uh, let's start with the childhood. Uh, we could start with the childhood, we could start with the arrest, we could start with him starting the cult. I would start with the cult. Start with the cult. Yeah. Okay, so, real fast so that we can get to the cult, I'm going to start with at least a little bit of his um, like background like to a point. Yeah. Because you have to kind of understand it. So, he was... Um, did I delete Look, my timeline? He was in prison. Mm-hmm. He got taught by pimps how to recruit girls, and then you saw this guy with a high Q, and was like, wow, he's really smart. What should we teach him? Let's teach him how to influence people and win them over. That seems like a great thing to teach a sociopath. Now, wait, was that the first time that he went, or uh, was that the first time he went to prison and he got out, and then he started pimping girls? Because he did pimp girls, and then he goes to prison, and then he gets out of prison, and then he starts the cult. So, did he... I think this was... uh, I can't... So he probably failed at pimping the first time, went to prison, said, I need to learn more about pimping so I can do this the right way. (laughs) You know, like you should do. If you don't succeed the first time, please try again and make sure that you learn more, right? Learn from your mistakes, guys. My guy for shizzle. Can you teach me a little something? (laughs) My guy for shizzle. My guy for shizzle. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I will say this. He, He seemed to, when he needed to learn something, he went out and learned it. Or, alternatively, in the one case, the prison... Taught him how to influence people and win them over, which is a good and bad thing. It is very, very questionable for a prison to do that to the sociopath who was just caught raping another kid. Was it was it the prison itself or the people inside the prison? Now wait a second. One, no one knows what you guys are talking about, and two, we're not even. We just broke the rule. Rule? The rule of we're trying to, to, or not a rule, our decision, we're trying to start with the cult. And you guys are talking about people getting raped in prison. I never agreed to that decision. No one, no one was talking about people getting raped. We, we, were, we were talking about whether or not it was a good or bad thing for the, for the other inmates to teach a sociopath how to influence people. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Okay. So, real cult. fast. So, 1967, March 21st, Charles Manson gets out of prison. What does he do first? He goes and he just kind of hangs out. So first, uh, in uh, in April 1967, so what? In March of 1967, 21st, he gets out. In April of 1967, he meets a hot, really um, docile nurse that has, or nurse, librarian. Mary? Yep, Mary. Which, by the way, I know I said hot, but I looked at pictures. It wasn't very attractive. She wasn't. He picked her because she had low self-esteem because, you know, not a lot of people thought she was that big. That's true, yeah. So, he basically uh, moves in with her because he needs a place to stay, talks her into joining his his group, and she's like, oh, I'm going to have him to myself. It's going to be great. That was Mary Bruner. But then in May, so what is that, April, May, so by the next month, He's got another girl who's 18 named Lynette For Forme mm-hmm. that or Frame that he 
name's Squeaky. Now, this was my favorite because, so this is what he did, okay? Yeah. So Squeaky basically, um, so Squeaky runs away from home, right? So Squeaky yeah. runs away from home and is uh, inside Venice, or is in Venice Beach. What? So this just dawned on me. What? I did not run away from home, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, so is, is, the, is like the Charlie's Angels based off Charles Manson? No. Okay, uh-huh. dang it. Charles Charlie's Angels are um, like spies. Is that why you looked over at me? Yes. It was it was just a thought. I was like, hmm, is this a thing? No. Maybe. No. That's, okay, sorry. Okay, so Charles Manson, okay, it gets off the bus. Yeah. And is walking in Venice Beach. And he sees this girl on the side of the road who is um, upset and sad and has no place to go. And he walks up to her and he's, ooh, wait, hold on. Maybe not. Yeah, wasn't. Didn't... Nope, 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 nope. Yeah, no. Uh, wait, wait. Nope, I'm right. I'm right. Nope. Hold on. Just, just let me finish. Just let me finish. That this is right. I swear. He 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 walks up to her, and all he says is, "Don't got no place to go, do ya?" That's what he says. Don't got no place to go, do ya? No, sir. I don't have anywhere to go. How did you know? Did you run away from home? How did you know? So he goes and he walks away, and he says. Got to make your decision for yourself, little girl. You coming with? And he walks away. He 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 uh, walks around the corner, gets on the bus, and she runs after him, picking up her bag. Gets on the bus. Hold with on, them. Mister. I'm coming <laughs> after. Oh my gosh! And then basically goes and moves in with him and Mary's place. And then so now he's banging Mary, and he's um, and he's banging Lynette. Now then, later, right? A couple days later, same month. He is um, hitchhiking, and there is a um, hold on. Oh, so Dean, what? Said actions don't make good audio. No, go ahead. What? Yeah. Oh, oh. Yeah. Dean. Uh, so Dean Morehouse, uh, who is a pastor, picks him up, takes him back to his house, gives him a meal. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, of course. Who does he meet? But her, his daughter who's like 16 years old, and he says, hey, you should come with me, Ruth. So Ruth Ann Morehouse runs away from home and joins Charlie after he leaves the house after dinner. So then Charlie gets busted by the cops after they report her missing and say that Charlie kidnapped her. And Charlie writes down on his um, on the paper that they give him, which just cracks me up. So I guess in, in the 60s... yeah. Getting arrested is like going to the doctor. So you go in and they say, oh, well, what seems to be the problem? Well, I got arrested for an underage girl. Oh, well, man, that stinks. Let's see if we can get that clear, dried up. Here's a paper to fill out. Fill out all the forms. And it's literally just like name, occupation, what this, that, and the other. What seems to be the problem? Like it was literally because they just like did not have all the information. Yeah. So you could lie. You uh, you could like do all this stuff. What? Charlie Manson, second Jesus. Which is what he does do later. Did you read that? No. So he, on his court paperwork later on, he does go, I'm, aka, 
Jesus, Jesus, a.k.a. Son of Man. Like, that's literally what he says. And then they were just like, because he tried to represent himself. So they said, you've made a mockery of this court calling yourself the second Jesus. You're no longer allowed to represent yourself. <laughs> <laughs> like, he did it on all the paperwork. Yes. Every bit of it. So he fills in that he's a minister, right? Which is the first time that he's ever defined himself as a minister. But he does it so that he'll get off sooner. And also it kind of is the beginning of his cult, right? Because he's the minister of a cult. Yeah. So they let him off. They charge him a fine and he yeah. leaves. And then the girl still, I think, comes with him. Yes. Yep. So then summer 1967, you know, month or two later... More troubled young girls followed. 19-year-old Patricia Krenwinkel and 20-year-old Susan Atkins, who Mason meets at the the Hyatt Asbury district while he's yes. playing, because, um, um, playing guitar. Yeah. And then Mary gets pregnant. So Mary's pregnant. The first girl's pregnant. And he's got all these women just up in arms with him. Okay. So by 1967, he finally says, I want... A music career. Okay? That's what he says. Yeah. I want a music career. I want to be an artist. I want to be a man that can sing and can play guitar. Uh, so he goes and he basically just decides that he is going to buy a VW minibus yeah. and move to L.A. Let's do it. Yeah. So while he's trying to make connections in the music world, he goes and he basically pimps out his girls. Why not, right? So he says... You, Squeaky. Go squeak for someone else. Make me some money. <laughs> What's your name? I'm Squeaky. I'll make you squeak. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, it's just messed up. So they wander around L.A. and Topanga, scrounging for food in dumpsters, trying to get Johns to give them money and food. And uh, so Charlie actually gets his, uh, his... He ends up meeting this guy who gets him in touch with the record producer. And basically he does a three-hour session. And by the end of it, the guy goes, well, thank you for your time. Shakes his hand. That's great. You did a decent job. And uh, I'll see ya. Go ahead. It blew. Yeah! Yeah. So he doesn't get signed, and he gets angry about the fact that he doesn't get signed. So in March 1968, Mary gives birth to his first son, uh, named um, Valentine, after the hero of Stranger in a Strange Land, which is, I believe, a science fiction novel. Maybe I'm wrong, though. Um, so then they meet um, Dennis Wilson. So some girls who are hitchhiking meet Dennis Wilson of the Beach Boys, and he's a drummer in the Beach Boys. Um, and they end up basically going back to his place, sleep with him, and then they call Charles Manson, and he comes over, and he basically just hangs out with, the, uh, with this guy, and they end up moving in with him. A stranger in a strange land is a sci-fi. No, yep, thought so. What's it about? Oh, give me a second. I just about a it. cult leader. No, who gets a record label? Um, I can see where Charlie got his uh, yeah, 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 yeah. from. It's Valentine, a, a, you're two, gonna be my money maker. It tells the story of a, a Valentine Michael Smith, a human who comes to Earth in early adulthood after being born on a planet on the planet Mars and raised by Martians. That's so okay. kind of like big. No, kind of like Elf, but for aliens. 
Okay, that is so the world's worst comparison. Oh, it is one hundred percent the world's best comparison. Okay, so at this point, we are actually going the to the North take... Pole is on the planet. We're going to take a quick break. Yeah, but for aliens, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to actually play some of uh, Charles Manson's garbage music, so that you guys can kind of uh, hear what the dummy sounded like. Yeah, and we are back. Gosh I, gosh, I wish I could do a radio voice. Why can't I do it? Like, you know what I'm trying to do, right? Like, and we are back. Joe, you got to hold something up to your ear. Come on. And uh, we are back. Hey, actually, that, that actually helped. helped. Yes, it did. All right. So, uh, all right. So, Dennis Wilson is actually kind of obsessed with Charlie. It's kind of cool because what was he on, of course? LSD. 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 Because, you know, we all love LSD, right? Yeah, we do. Don't okay. look directly at me when you say that. <laughs> Dude, did, didn't you all drop right before we got here? <laughs> that's the way that you make, uh, that's how you make it really fun, huh? Yeah, dude. Okay, so are you guys ready to learn just a little bit about acid? Because I found something really interesting. Ooh. Lay it on da- me, Doc. The D.A.R.E. program, the sequel. No, oh my gosh. <laughs> so they did not take just normal uh normal acid they took um something called orange sunshine mm. of course they did <laughs> which is a actual special type of uh, of um lsd i keep wanting to say oxy not said oxy um lsd that he um did you say oxy yeah, no 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 i don't that. know why it said okay anyways so um just secretly a drug so they took us a special type of LSD, right, yeah. called um, Orange Sunshine, and it actually came out around the same time as um, as them doing that. Uh, and it's interesting because uh, he, so you're going to learn later about kind of like how the murders and stuff happened, but with Orange Sunshine, it doesn't, so acid is a hallucinogen, correct? Yeah. Okay, so what Orange Sunshine did um, was, one, uh, it, made it so that you didn't have um like crazy hallucination hallucinations so when you took it you still hallucinated and you still might have been like susceptible like to thinking and stuff and yeah. and kind of crazy but you were able to still like i think the way that a lot of people describe it is that you're still able to drive you yeah. know what i mean without like having like crazy dreams and, or yeah. like visions and stuff like that and then also it reports People report that it causes high blood pressure, which could, um, you know, be like anger or just basic, you know, anxiety and stuff. Yeah. Compared to other LSDs where um, a lot of LSD, it can cause anxiety, but a lot of the time it doesn't cause high blood pressure. Mm. So it doesn't cause you to like freak out, freak out. It's actually harder than a lot of people think. But talking about Charles Manson and the murders, let's think about this. He used it to control his group, right? Mm-hmm. And it made it so that they were functional enough to function more functional compared to acid. So they were more functional than acid people, where he could actually talk to them and they listen and yeah. they could still focus enough. And they were just high strung enough to be able to maybe cause them to commit murder. Yeah. I- did, didn't he also give him love drugs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ecstasy was like a big thing. And he hated alcohol. No one was allowed to drink alcohol. No depressants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Easier to control that way. They made him feel loving, special, happy all the time. Yeah. That's the point. Yeah. Okay. 
So, back to this. So, Dennis Wilson was like super, uh, super into him. Uh, really enjoyed his music. Really liked hanging out with all the girls, doing the drugs, partying, whatever it is, right? Yeah. So, he was totally into um, helping uh, people get... Um, trying to help him get like a record deal. Yeah. So he, you know, introduced him to LA Scenesters and producer Terry Melcher, who was like a guy that was like really big in the scene at the time to try to help him get a music deal. So he actually told the other Beach Boys about Charlie and Charlie actually visited or met some of the other Beach Boys and the Beach Boys were like, you're freaking crazy. Charles Manson is nuts. <laughs> so... Yeah. He didn't help him get any type of music deal, and um, eventually, um, they just ended up... Uh, didn't Terry live, like, next door to them? Yeah. Next door to the uh, Beach Boy that was trying to help Charlie? I believe so, yeah. If not right next door, really close. And they ended up uh, actually... I'm pretty sure it was right next door because, uh, well, that's, that's getting into the murder spot. Yeah, yeah, you know, you know what? You're right, because he doesn't live there anymore mm-hmm. when it all happened. So, yes. So, uh, with that, um, Brian Wilson, who was part of the Beach Boys label, actually was not impressed. And basically, um, they overstayed their welcome. And Charlie and all the girls and some of the guys that he got in on the group, um, by getting them to stay for as long as he could, uh, moved into Spawn Ranch, which was owned by George Spawn. Um, and he actually used it as like a movie set and stuff for different Westerns. And uh, they were allowed to live out there as long as they basically like did upkeep on the ranch and stuff because he was super old. He was like in his 80s. And so long as, you know, Charlie kept letting him use the girls. Did he use the girls? Mm-hmm. He did use the girls. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of like Charlie's cut. It's kind of Charlie's thing. This, this uh, actually, name. George Spann is the one that gave uh, from a uh, her nickname Squeaky, nice. which is kind of messed up. Yeah. Oh, hey, what's going on, Squeaky? It's like, uh, yeah, because that's what you got out of the session, huh? Yeah. Huh? Was Squeaky. Um, and the Beach Boys actually stole one of Manson's songs, uh, Cease to Exist, and they never paid him back because, guess what? Dennis, like an idiot... Let them rack up over $100,000 worth of medical debt uh, on the Beach Boys tab and gave him his charge card and let him use as much money as he wanted when he was living there. How crazy is that? He's crazy. Yeah. He's like, that's, oh my gosh. Yep. Wasted money, which is probably why uh, Brian Wilson probably, in, in the label, probably was like, weren't really interested in him. Yeah. You know what I mean? I wouldn't be either, would you? No. If he already racked up $100,000. So they stole his song, changed some of the words, and posted it as their own. That's awesome. Yep. Which that? really made him mad. What was that other one that, uh... Didn't they... Didn't uh, the dude get the other Charlie Manson song up on... Up on... The other Charlie Manson? There's another Charlie Manson? Song. Uh, the Beast... The Beast Boys. You know... The Beach Boys to record that other song Charlie Manson did? Oh, I don't know. I never saw that. Okay, so we're going to actually take a break from the timeline for a second. We're going to just kind of talk about Spawn Ranch because I think it's really funny. Sound good to you guys? Yeah. Yeah. All right, so what's super funny about Spawn Ranch is that so they're on the ranch 
And they're basically just taking LSD, sleeping with each other, and that's it. They're doing that the entire time. But not only that, they're also going around and stealing doom buggies, stealing motors out of people's cars, stealing cars, um, threatening people, getting them to give up pink slips in order to make it so, and basically sign it over to them. And then they're taking them back to their place and they're basically like reforming them and, and um, editing them and making it so that they can, you know, use them as like military stuff. Yeah. So during this time also, uh, basically all Charles Manson is doing is when he's giving them LSD, he's making sure that, sorry, Orange Sunshine, but we're going to call it LSD because it's shorter. Yeah. The OG or OS, the OGS. Yeah, LSD. LSD. Like an update. So, so basically, um, he's giving him LSD, and then he's taking uh, white robes and putting them on, and basically just pretending that he's Jesus. Yeah. So, during this time too, which, okay, so I figured this out. So, we're in, we're about to be in the 70s, right? Yeah. So, okay, didn't know this. Krishna Vente which is a guy that grew up, I believe, inside the 50s, uh, the 40s and 50s, actually uh, believed inside, like, a sect inside Scientology. Yeah. He said that there was going to be a giant race war, that he wanted to take, or that he wanted to save 144,000 people, like it said inside the Bible, and put them in a bottomless pit and wait until the race war was over and then come out. And um, so they would live inside the pit for 150 years. How they would survive, I don't know. And he gave him LSD and he did all this stuff, right? Yeah. Sound familiar? It sure should, because Charles Manson taught the exact same things. Because guess where he got his inspiration from? Someone else. He wasn't even original. Oh, no. He, he wasn't even the OG. He got so much stuff yeah. over, like, his childhood in prison. It's like, it's almost like everything he pulls is something he learned yeah. from someone. Which is, like, fair, but also, like... What the heck? You, yeah. You can very much see oh, yeah. how he's And we're going to get into that. Now I'll do this. Do you have some of his teachings? Do you have any of his teachings? Like not even talking about his childhood, but just like the teachings at all? There was the pimp thing. He picked up uh, Scientology when he was in prison too. Yeah, yeah. Which is why I said, uh, before we started recording, I was telling Tevin, like, it's a different type of Scientology. It's not like necessarily exactly what everyone else believes inside Scientology. It's a little bit different. Like... His, I feel like, is a lot more culty than even the Scientology now. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, well, actually, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Things change over time. Fair enough. So, during that time, too, so um, he's pimping people out. And there's like a hundred people around that inside the Manson family at this time. And yeah. they're not even all staying at Spawn Ranch. Like, he's basically just having them shift around. But eventually, he's not letting anyone leave. Uh um, anymore and uh, he's basically making everybody stay and everybody is uh, shooting guns in the middle of the night and they got all these different guns and they got these um, old wartime uh, uh, like radio telephones and he has people standing guard and waiting for cops to come and he's just super paranoid at all times believing that black people are going to take over and that they are going to come out and the black people I guess are going to accept them which really confuses me. Yeah, like, I don't, that makes no sense. Yeah, like, was the plan for white people to lose and then black people to rise and then you come and join them and say, hey, I was for you guys all along. That's why we hid in the pit. Or was it that they planned on killing all the black people once they took over? 
I think they were probably planning on trying to kill him. Like, yeah, he was. They yeah. took over, very which very is racist. very dumb because once somebody takes over, like there's nothing 150. Yeah, why not kill the minority instead of killing the majority? Yeah, pretty much. That makes so much more sense. Just Joe just reconsidering a pork crying on live audio. Yes, I did. Uh, last thing I want to do is mess with people's misophonia. You know what misophonia is? The hatred of hearing chewing. That's weird. Yes. And gum and everything. Yep. Okay. It's actually DNA. Uh, or um, It's it's genetic. It's kind of cool. Hmm. Yep. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. You can actually figure it out on 23andMe. Like the like the ancestry.com type thing. Yeah. Where they like tell you like what you like you're more likely to be like depressed because you're DNA. You're more likely well, yeah. to deal with all these different stuff and be predisposed to this. They can find the gene of misophonia. Kinda cool. Huh. To say that you're more predisposed to it. Kinda like the episode in Jimmy Neutron where they split the uh the traits between Jimmy and Cindy. And it gets all mixed up so they have to put it back and it's like she likes mustard a lot. Nobody gets what this is. No, I do. I just okay. don't understand. I don't remember that episode I don't remember at all. the episode. I understand, though. Anyways, so in 1969, Tex Watson, who was one of the guys that actually um, is, uh, I mean, part of it all, uh, yeah. ends up taking, basically what he decides is, uh, Charles Benson says that he needs money, right? And Tex Watson keeps leaving with his girlfriend and coming back. And then he becomes a drug dealer and then gets addicted to uh, really hard drugs. And then he keeps coming back. Well, so he's one of the ones that Charles Manson really trusts. Yeah. So Charlie decides to tell him that he needs him to try to make him some money. So what he does is he says that, um, he has, uh, 25 kilos of pot and gets his girlfriend to basically set up a drug dealer to come over and get him some, you know, to try to get him to be able to sell the pot to this guy. Yeah. Brittany, you looked like you had a joke. No, no, apparently my jokes don't real don't become relevant to the podcast. And why did you look at me? Just because it was a weed joke? I've only been making them. No, because time. you had a no, because you had this look on your face like you wanted to say something funny. No. Oh, okay. Alright. Hey, she's shining really hard, guys. I, I was promise. trying hard. So, um, Here's the catch. He doesn't have 25 kilos of pot. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. So what he does is he gets the guy to come out with his girlfriend. His girlfriend said, um, and the guy's name is Crow. Uh, they call him Lots of Papa. That's his nickname. Lots of Papa Crow. I love it when you call me Lots of Papa. That's great. <laughs> so Lots of Papa Crow comes out. Hey, that's so funny to say. Lots of Papa Crow. Lots of Papa Crow. Lots of Papa Crow. Say it three times fast. No. Lots of pots of crow. No. no? Okay. No. Anyway, why? Because <laughs> all I can think of are like the nicknames are like Sop to Bottom. What? Like, <laughs> what? Reference. We'll, we'll continue later. Okay. So, lots of Papa Crow uh, goes and basically uh, him and Tex and his girlfriend, Tex's girlfriend, go and uh, they go up to this house. Uh, or this apartment. And Crow says, okay, you give me the money and I'll go in and I'll get the pot from my guy. So he's yeah. saying that it's not just him, it's a partner. Well, so they watch him walk in and he goes and instead of walking in, he walks into the building, doesn't go up to the apartment, walks out the other side of the building and runs with all the money. Yep. Okay, so $2,500 
is what uh, is what he ends up stealing. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, so he ends up stealing it, and then his girlfriend. You would think Crow would kill his girlfriend, right? No, Lots of Papa's a really cool guy. He says, "I can't believe." He felt sorry for. Her. He says, "I can't believe your boyfriend's that much of a douche that he just stole all that money." Let's her go. Tells her, "I need you." Um, they go up there and they can't find him. They end up having her call him. She ends up uh, calling um, Manson and says, "Manson, what the heck? Crow stole this guy's money and Crow wants it back." So Charles calls or asks um, her to give Charles Crow's phone number, basically. And Charles calls Crow and says, "Hey, listen, I don't know where or and lies." Says, I don't know where Tex is. I don't know what um, what he did, but I'm willing and explain to me the situation, even though Tex is right next to him and says, well, I'll give you the money. And so he sets it up and he goes out to Crow and uh, he shoots one guy and um, in the leg or and no, he doesn't. He tells everyone to leave him alone and has Crow and him speak privately mm. Doesn't search him or anything. Charles pulls out a gun and shoots Crow right in the chest. Walks away. You know... Cold-blooded. Drug, drug dealers were a lot more cool in the 70s. Charles Manson was, like, the most unchill guy in the 70s. Yeah. That's well, very true. And I wonder he if they underestimated him because he was a hippie. Uh, he oh, was yeah. also short. I mean, he was, yeah. he was a short hippie. Yeah, Crow big, was, like, six foot five. Tough. Super tall guy, but apparently he was just real nice. Just a real nice guy. Come on, they call me Lots of Papa. What do you think? You know, Lots of Papa to go around. He's a good guy. He would be chill to do drugs with. He'd be chill to hang with. You think that makes him cool? Guess what? He survives the gunshot. Not only does he survive the gunshot, he ends up testifying in Charles Manson's case against him later on, saying that he shot him in the chest as a character witness to show that Charles Manson is a D-bag. He tells on himself for dealing weed and says, I have immunity. Charles Manson shot me in the chest and stole money. Yeah. Pretty cool, huh? I'll yeah. say he didn't win pop. That's good. No. Yeah. He testified. Snitches get stitches. He probably didn't get any stitches. No, no. Lots of Papa was like, I did it because he shot me in the chest like a D-bag. Yeah. So, uh... So then they don't hear from Crow again until the court case. So Crow was just like, oh, Crow did play dead. That's the reason why Charles Manson let him live. So his friends came in and <laughs> and Crow, like a pansy's laying on the ground, closing his eyes and putting his head to the side like he's dead. Oh, that's what I mean. Charles Manson walks out. I know. It just, it does, in a movie. Yeah. Wouldn't you say that if the drug dealer plays dead and then he leaves and the big guy gets up and goes, I can't believe you shot me in the chest. You know his guy, in the movie, the guys would be like, dude, you're such a pansy. You played dead? Yeah. He had a gun. He did have a gun. No, but he was smart. He was already, I would like to meet this guy. Me He's too. probably dead now, but. That's unfortunate. Lots of Papa Charles. <clears throat> so anyways, uh, so then... Uh, Bobby Boussoulet, a friend of Charlie's, gets burned in another drug deal gone bad. This one involving Gary Hinman and a biker gang, the Straight Satans. This was in July 25th, 1969. Listen, if I was going to join a biker gang, I would totally join that one. Straight Satan, dude. That's, that's, that's a baller biker name. Oh my gosh. 
Straight saying? <laughs> yeah, dude. You're Christian. Doesn't mean I can't be in a biker gang with a really cool name. That means nothing. Separate yeah. the two. I want listen, Brittany. If if you were on if you were on the run from a biker gang, do you, do you want them to have some band name like the Flying Pigs or Straight Satan? I mean, like 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 if you're gonna hide somebody's house, and be like, hey, I need you to hide me from these people coming down the road on these motorcycles. I'm like, oh, which ones are they? Oh, the Flying Pigs. I'm like, oh, you're afraid of them? Or like, or if you're like, hey, the they're the, uh, what's the name? Straight Satan. I mean, people would probably hide you. Would be would sooner hide you if you're hiding from someone with the name Straight Satan than Flying Pigs. I'm trying to think of motorcycle gangs, but the only ones I can think of are the Mongols. I listen. I don't. I don't want nothing to do with anybody named the Mongols. Yeah, the exactly. Mongols. Yeah, dude. They were hardcore. They I, weren't a biker gang either. Huh? They weren't a biker yeah, gang. Yeah, they were. Really? Yeah. They had a Mongols biker gang. Yeah, not not for, not, like, not actual, actual Mongols. Not actual Mongols. <laughs> I understand that. Uh, Gosh, guys, how dumb do I look? <laughs> do you want to answer that online? No, no, okay. no, 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 no. Anyways, Bernard Crow, lots of papa survives. Yep. Okay. So, all right. So moving on. So, so July twenty fifth, Bobby Boussoulet, a friend of Charles, um, gets burned in another drug deal gone bad. This one involving Gary Hinman and a biker gang, the Straight Satans. So basically, uh, they were burned for a thousand dollars, and Boussoulet goes to Hinman's home with a handgun, uh, handgun and a knife. Okay, uh, so um, Atkins, Bruner, Bruce Davis, and Manson all go over there, right? Yeah. Okay, so here's the thing: they weren't just burned for a thousand dollars. What happened was, and um, it actually was that Gary Hinman was actually part of. Charles Manson's crew for a while and he was actually in on it yeah. but then when he got his apartment and stuff he ended up being like a musical guy he was actually um, a really talented uh, like talented artist right yeah. well he ended up getting some um, he basically got like a bunch of uh, money from his inheritance from someone in his family dying right yeah. well so some people say it was 30,000 other people say it was 3,000 okay? okay so they were going over there because Charles Manson needed more money so needing more money, he goes over to Hinman's place with all those people, and they end up basically uh, um, asking Hinman where his money is. He had already spent it all on drugs, okay? okay? So basically, they don't believe him, and everyone else stays while Manson leaves. They end up uh, kidnapping him for the weekend, taking care of him, and then they end up, uh, one of them cuts off his ear trying to figure out if he's telling the truth, and finally... Um, Boussoulet kills him, and Atkins writes political uh, piggy on the wall with Hinman's blood, claiming that this way people will think that it was a black guy doing it and that the Black Panthers did it. Yeah. Right? Right. Okay. So on August 6th, the police find Hinman's body. Uh, but the thing is this, Boussoulet and all them ended up actually having, um, he ended up buying these cars. They were kind of like junky cars. Yeah. They basically, they found all these cars and one of the guys pulls over Boussoulet. Uh, so the cop pulls over Boussoulet and they find a bloody knife hidden in a tire well. Uh, and then they also find that the pink slip on the thing says that it was belonged to a different guy and that it was signed over to him. And they also find a charge card for a woman's name that he stole, which they didn't know he stole it, but the fact that he had a charge card and a different name, no identification on him, 
And then the pink slip was messed up too. And then searching the car, they find a knife inside the oil well, or inside the tire well. He's done. Booked for him and his murder instantly. Yeah. Okay. And now, finally, without further ado, we're talking about the Tate murders, August 9th. Tate and LaBianca murders. Well, August 9th was the Tate murders. August 10th was the LaBianca murders. Yeah. So go ahead. Okay, so talking about the Sharon Tate murders. Uh, so Sharon Tate moved into the house next to the Beach Boys uh, producer guy. Terry. Dennis. It was Dennis? I thought it was Terry Melcher. It was, it's definitely Terry No, Melcher. no, Terry Melcher. That was his house. No, you're right. It was the next door neighbor. Go ahead. I'm yeah. sorry. I, I, my bad. Yeah. So, uh, that night, uh, uh the, the night of the team murders, uh, Charlie sent out Tex Watson and four of his girls to Terry Melcher's house. Uh, and it was currently being rented out or, uh, not rented out. Sharon Tate and her husband had moved into that house, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So they bought it. And... Terry Meltra had wronged Charlie in the past, and we, and Charlie had sent them out to send a message to Terry. Mm-hmm. And he, he told them to make it as gruesome as possible. And so they they break into the house, and uh, Sharon Tate was having a party. They ended up killing five people that night. Uh, it was Sharon Tate, Abigail uh, Folger... A uh, girl with the last name Polinsky, whose name currently escapes me. Um, so the message was murder. The message was murder, yes. I thought it we're, was. We're coming for you. you yeah. You'll probably die. But well, actually, the, uh, the, the message was, this could happen to you if you don't give us a record deal. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funnier. That's true. Uh, what? So we're loser... Musicians types, man. I know, right? Ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Never trust a guy with good guitar. Yeah. That's moral... a lesson of this entire arc. Oh I was gosh. gonna say the moral of this story is is if someone says, "Hey, uh, you know, can, can, here here's uh, uh, here's here's my soundtrack. Listen to it and say." You're totally going to get a record deal. I would give you a record deal. And then just walk on and just never, ever become a record label. Be like, oh, dang, I would give you a record deal, but I don't have my phone on me. Yeah, I can't make any phone calls. I don't have a phone. And I have amnesia that happens every hour, so... I'm not going to remember this in like Plus, an hour. that's how people die. Like, Plus, yeah. I have OCD where I throw away any paper on me, so I can't leave myself a note. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and I can't write on my skin because, you know, the toxicity. The I, toxic I would just die. I yeah. would die. You guys. That's a thing, you know. <laughs> but, yeah. Oh, man. So, uh, they killed uh, the Polinsky girl as uh, she was leaving the house. And they go in and... Uh, Basically, just brutal. they just stab everyone like that. That's their that's yeah. their mo. That's their tell. Tate Tate being pregnant is crazy too. She actually yes. stepped away from the limelight so that she could focus on her first pregnancy and baby. And they basically, she was like, "I'm a mother. I'm a mother. Ah, eh, good for, for you." <laughs> and stabbed her repeatedly. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, yeah. So that was just absolutely brutal. And they were they they were going to cut out the baby, but I guess they decided not to. Yep. Basically ran out of time, I suppose. Yeah. That's crazy. That does seem time consuming. Yeah. Well, yeah. 
Especially uh, if you're not a doctor. In the documentary I watched, there was a there was another girl who was murdered that fit like Charlie's like Emma like the kind yeah. of girl that she would that that he would accept her name was Reed Jervinson. Yeah, they totally believe that there are other murders that they haven't been charged for, and that oh, they yeah. might be like. Because no one just escalates to this point, you know? Oh, yeah. yeah. And Charlie is definitely a story guy where it's like, he doesn't, he hasn't had to take no in his life a lot. Like, he's right. been able to circumnavigate a lot. So when he's actually at a hard set, no, you won't get this, like, with the record deal yeah. and other stuff. Or maybe he was told no too much. It. I want to eat dinner. No, it's not time yet. You're in prison. Shut up, Charles. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah but yeah but anyway what i was going to say is uh uh this girl was uh, what they think is that this girl was in on some things and she was gonna tell and uh so they so he, he just had her murdered she was stabbed 150 times in the neck sure no way a hundred really? 150 times uh, was that a charlie the unicorn joke because no. it, it sure did seem like sure. one the llamas with hats. That's Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. why I said Charlie Char the Unicorn. It's Charlie. I was thinking myself because I was trying to do Carl, but in Charles, that kills people. Oh, well. Yeah, yeah, so I didn't know that. Oh, yours makes more sense. Okay, <laughs> I get it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it now. Yeah, so they, uh, they, they brought in somebody with like a dummy to like re like to like reenact like how like what it would be like to stab somebody in the neck 150 times. That sounds exhausting. That was like a How do they not get her head cut off? That was a, it was, it was probably, like, stop, 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 It couldn't have been a very, a very big match, but it was also in one spot, not all over. It was, like, in one spot. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was, like, a solid two minutes of just, like, uh, of visual work. A lot of the, or a lot of the stabbing and stuff, too, took place after she was already dead, too. So, they, um, like, like, someone else came in. Same thing with, like, the, the, um, the Hinman murder. Uh, they actually, like... One of the girls wouldn't murder somebody, so Tex basically just had her continuously stab him when he was already dead. Okay. So, like, it was pretty brutal. And then, so, what did they write? Uh, they, I believe they wrote uh, Death to Piggies yeah. at the Tate House. And that's why it wasn't connected, was because Hinman and in the, in they did use Piggies as the name, but one of them said Political Piggies, and one of them said Kill the Piggies. Okay. So it was a little bit different. Yeah. And then, um, then let's talk about the LaBianca murders. So basically, LaBianca murders, it's really interesting. We actually had to kind of research for this because there wasn't a lot of stuff on it. But basically, so uh, Leno and Rosemary um, uh, LaBianca are basically inside their house. They just got home uh, late at night from a vacation. So they're inside, and they haven't even put up their boat or anything else. Cars parked in the back. They're going inside. They're going to plan on putting up the stuff tomorrow. And it's the day after the Tate murders. So uh, really quick, what's kind of interesting, and this is something that we didn't talk about, was that uh, so Charles would have them uh, practice breaking into places. Uh, and I can't remember what they called it, but basically what they would do is they'd break into somebody's house. And if like the dogs were inside, they'd let them out. If the dogs were outside, they'd let them in. They would move like just slightly move away like move around their furniture mm. move their car keys from one place in the house to another just to screw with them and then would leave 
Like nice. all the time. That's and awesome. so Charles actually was looking for a place to murder people to, um, you know, basically get the race war more up. Now, Brittany, yeah. why you and I were talking about this, yeah. you had a different account on actually where uh, the or why Crow uh, was, sorry, how Crow apparently wasn't chill. Yeah, so you remember Lots of Papa Crow, the super cool guy we were talking about earlier? Well, yeah. that's one account of the story. The other one paints him as kind of uh, Nick Fury-ish, but in Snakes on a Plane deal. What's the actor's name? Uh-huh. Samuel, Samuel Jackson. Jackson. Kind of hits him like a Samuel L. Jackson B.A. deal. In uh, this account that I found, because I was trying to find out when uh, when Lots of Papa died, could not find that whatsoever. Okay. But in this one, he takes a uh, Tex. She's the one that stayed behind, right? He. Yes. Tex is a dude. Tex is a dude. Tex was the dude that stayed behind, right? Yeah. Took him hostage and then called. No, the, no, no, no. Texas girlfriend. girlfriend. Okay, Texas girlfriend. Yeah. Yes. Sorry. I'm... Anyways, Rosina. He takes Rosina hostage because she stayed behind, calls the ranch, and basically, he said, the way this story goes, verbatim, it's like, he said if he didn't get his money, he would A, kill a hostage, B, come over there with a carload of heavily armed, like, uh, let me, yeah. See, rape all Charlies. What? Uh, what? Huh? I didn't know how to circumnavigate that. What, oh, okay. What are you saying? Go ahead. That's not a bad word. I'm very white, Tevin. I don't know. Tevin, can you use that word, please? Yes. It's just okay. Of a carload of heavily armed Negroes. Okay. Okay. Cool. C. Rape all Charlies. Beaches. And D. <laughs> Burn the mother effing ranch down. <laughs> when Charlie shows up to negotiate, apparently after one of his usual, here's the gun, kill me, okay? No? Well, then I will kill you. And then, you know, shoots him and then leaves that whole deal. But... That is a completely different that, story. That yeah. so different. And, oh, yeah. And the one he's like, Rosina, man, your boyfriend's a complete jerk. You know, it, it's, it's okay. Let's just... Call, see what's up. And yeah. this one, he's like, oh, I'm taking you hostage, and that, I am getting my gosh dang money. And it's yeah. important, too, to think that, like you said when we were off mic about the race oh, war. Yeah. So this actually keeps going into, later on, a Black Panther's body showed up on some lawn or something. Yeah, like, uh, the, like the next day. Yeah. Now, Charlie, it, this is the theory. Charlie freaks out because he thinks that now the Black Panther is going to... The whole group is going to come over and basically decimate them. Oh, boy. Yeah. Don't Fun do that stuff. in my life. No. And thinks this is going to be Helter Skelter, which is basically their apocalypse. Yeah. Helter Skelter. Based off the Beatles song. song. Yeah. yeah. Which they were obsessed with for some reason. Yeah. I'm not a big Beast Boy, or Beach Boys fan. Beach Boys. Beatles. Beatles fan. I'm not a big Beatles fan. Me either. I'm thinking about the Beach Boys a lot. Yeah, right Beatles. Now. Anyways. So, back to this. So, they did think that the race war was escalating, which is why they thought that it would be a good idea to go ahead and get some more white people killed and blame it on black people. So, they show up to the LaBiancas and they basically say, hey, uh, we're not going to murder you. You're just going to get robbed. 
So Charles not being able to find anyone to rob or or um, kill leaves, and Tex is the one that takes over and goes over to the Lampiacas. So really, though, the way that it worked, when you look at like the account of what everybody else says, it seems like Charles maybe was not cool with killing people. So Charles actually like walks into an apartment or tries to get into an apartment complex to to kill some people, and then says, "Oh, well, they're not home," or "Oh." We can't get in or whatever else. So he claims he can't find any house to kill people in and then just goes back. And then they go back out and Tex says, I can find a place and goes without Charles and goes straight to La Bianca's because he broke into their house a, multiple, uh, a few times. Mm. And it's funny because the wife actually is stated by her son by saying, I swear someone's been in our house like multiple times throughout the week. Mm. And so they show up to the La Bianca's. And they put a, um, they put some pillowcases over each of them. One of them goes in one room, one goes in the other. Tex goes with the husband and kills him. But as he's killing him and choking him and whatever else, stabbing him, you can hear it inside the other room. So the wife freaks out. So as the wife's freaking out and saying, what are you doing to my husband? I thought you were just robbing us. I thought you said that we would be okay. The girls can't get a hold, can't, you know, take hold of her. So Tex walks in, kills her, and then they, they basically leave. But didn't they use like some sort of like electrical cord and like to like try to choke her out? Yeah, yeah. So they did or try the pillow, or to hold the pillow on there. Yeah. So they were gonna suffocate her, and then while the other person stabbed her to death, and then they ended up like basically just not being able to keep a hold of her. Okay. So um, they end up writing. One of the girls ends up writing Helter Skelter on the wall, but she spells it wrong. And the other guy um, ends up writing political, I think political piggy again, yeah. or one of the writings with piggy in it again. But um, since they, even though piggy was written on the wall, the cops, so one of the murders took place in one county and one murder took place in another county inside California, but it was all inside LA really. Yeah. So in the Spatola area. So they end up, um, Spatola? Spatola? No. Um. Petulia. No, Topanga? Topanga. No, I can't remember. Anyways, so it takes place in, in, in one of the other ones. So they end up actually, um, the cops won't work together and they end up not tying anything together. And then that's when, uh, like, literally, this police guy, one of the police officers comes forward, like one of the detectives, and his partner gets a phone call from another police detective from a different precinct that says, hey, uh, we got political piggies here too. Do you think it's a tie? No, just because they both used the word piggy doesn't mean that there's a tie. And then that was it. And the other cop didn't tell him. And the partner was like, if he would have told me that he received that phone call, I would have instantly said, these are tied together. These murders are connected. Because they're taking place a day apart and something is written on the wall. Yeah. Um, they do know though that it was not done. They do believe that it was done by a short person. Uh, because uh, or Helter Skelter was written on the wall, but they said that it couldn't have been someone that was over like four foot six because of where it was written on the wall. Yeah. So that's important. Guys, we are hitting one hour. So that sounds kind of like a buddy cop movie, except everything goes wrong and they never become buddies. Yeah, yes. pretty much. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, they, of course, are trying to, they keep going up to Spawn Ranch, the cops do, because they keep finding all these stolen dune buggies and cars and stuff, right? Yeah. So, they end up, um, they, 
basically just go up there and try to find like what exactly is going on up there, what is being stolen, where everything is. Um, so, but um, the charges get dropped a couple days later, and the LAPD continues to treat the Celio and Waverly killings, so the Tate and LaBianca murders, separa um, separated. So what bugs me about this is they go up there, they find stolen property, and then they're told by their police captains basically to drop the whole thing and to focus on the murders. Even though Spawn Ranch is kind of separate from where the murders even took place. So this is why a lot of people, dun dun dun, now I want to talk about the MK Ultra theory and then we're going to end and we're going to talk about next time the Spawn Ranch foreman um, Shorty Shay, how yeah. he's killed. Uh, on August 25th, and then we'll talk about the arresting of 27 people for car theft, Manson finally getting booked, and the November and December, uh, you know, stuff, and then eventually um, we'll talk about his life before and his life after, you know, and what exactly happened in court and what happened after he got sentenced. Manson right. really had a thing for stealing cars throughout yeah, his whole yeah, life. Yeah. So, okay, MK Ultra. So, MK Ultra was the pre-CIA um, mind control um, um, organization where people literally thought, like, there's no way this is real. Totally real. Oh, so, yeah. MK Ultra took place during the Cold War. And basically... This, this is a government-sanctioned, like, thing, thing that they will come out and say that they that did. Yeah. Is that the men who stare at goats? Is that the kind of thing? I don't know what that is. Never seen it. I wanted to see it. Never seen it. I'll watch it at some Here, point. Continue. Okay, so basically what they would do is they... Okay, so first of all, LSD. LSD is really interesting. So scientists created LSD when he was trying to actually figure out a way to get medication where um, you could synthesize a way to make it so that people could breathe easier and yeah. that... Um, so that you could actually like figure out a way for... Um, someone to basically not have asthma or anything else. Yeah. So what they ended up doing was LSD, the dude figures out the LSD, even just like a couple like drops of it end up uh, just making you hallucinate and go crazy, right? Yeah. So the government figured this out and decides to use it to brainwash people. So they go and they focused on LSD treatments to see if the hallucinations, once they wore off, could influence people into doing things. Then they used, um, they did partial lobotomies, electroshock therapy, and all kinds of stuff to try to figure out if that could help to be able to brainwash people into doing things. Electroshock therapy was still going on in the 60s? Dude, electroshock therapy is still legal today, and it's oh still used. Gosh. People use it. One, it was used uh, back in the day for homosexuality to be cured. I would say it still gets used for that today, yeah. actually. Now, oh, wow. Yeah. It, in all 50 states, it is legal to use electroshock therapy. Some people actually find it to be helpful uh, in, like, so I've heard that people who have, like, seizures, yeah, uh, it actually is, uh, it helps them because it basically causes them to have a seizure and get turned back. Okay. Um, I've seen people, oh, I've heard of um, people using it on Alzheimer's patients to help them remember things. Wow. Like, all kinds of weird stuff. Um. So, oh, schizophrenia. I forgot about that. So the schi so schizophrenia, they say that, um, like inside like Tourette, schizophrenia, all these type of things where they, um, um, a multiple personality disorder, all that type of stuff, it, uh, 
seizures always follow with it. Okay. So they realized that electroshock therapy uh, basically gives your brain a seizure. So they use it to bring someone back. Okay. Okay. So what's interesting? Oh, and bipolar. So what's interesting about it is that um, so they're using all these things, right? And it's not working at all. Right. Okay. They're they're trying to mind control people. But here's the thing that that I find interesting. Who knows about the Unabomber? Everybody. Okay. So the Unabomber. Uh, oh gosh, what was it? Got Ted um, Czinski. Ted. I we don't, don't need know to his know name. his name. Anyways, so good old Ted the Unabomber uh, actually, uh, so he was a genius, right? And he ended up being in Harvard, and he got his doctorate and became a professor. Well, his sophomore year, guess what? He, just like everybody else that had problems, I think it was Harvard, and now I'm second-guessing myself. Anyways, he uh, he ended up taking... Uh, he ended up taking LSD and joined this um, this basically government-sanctioned uh, test trial uh, used at college campuses. Basically, they got paid to join like these test studies, yeah. and it was MK Ultra, and they were hiding in colleges, and then they were they were hiding in whorehouses. They were hiding uh, like basically giving Johns LSD and stuff, and they and so it was government-sanctioned whorehouses. Wow. Then they were. Uh, using it in, um, I, I mean, all kinds of places. They would walk into bars and hang out with guys and then would just give them LSD and see what would happen. Like it, And it was all into the name of science so that they could figure out because they thought that in the Cold War uh, that they were just really having problems uh, with, like, they thought inside the Cold War that the Russians were right on the, the crisp of just, like, mind control. So then they were, uh, so anyways, so with MK Ultra, the Unabomber, what's interesting about him, Ted Zizinski, he ended up, uh, he took LSD, right? And all this other stuff. Well, he was always kind of weird. Well, they, after his sophomore year, he became more, uh, like closed off. Then like he was still a genius. So he graduated. He like basically went into hiding and he would have like visions and nightmares all the time ever since his sophomore year. So he had lasting effects from the multiple trips of LST. Okay. And then that's when he ended up coming up with this crazy theories and then ended up sending bombs to people. So people think that the Unabomber was actually caused by MK ultra because they wow. basically experimented on him. Well, here's the thing. Where was, where was Manson getting all of this orange sunshine? Because back then, orange sunshine was kind of hard to come by. Now, LSD wasn't, but LS sunshine, the actual strain of, of acid it is, it's really interesting that they had it. Why were the charges dropped against Manson and the car thefts all of a sudden? Um, there were different uh, times. There was a time where um, Manson and Tex, I think, were at a gun store and ended up buying a bunch of guns. And the uh, um, the gun supplier actually like was going to give a testimony, and he recanted, and they couldn't figure out why. Like, there's tons of different times that they think that maybe the government got involved wow. in order to keep Manson. They actually now the theory is why because they they wanted man they thought that Manson's murders could help ruin the hippie movement. Mm. So basically, they wanted people to think that hippies weren't as 
nice as they really were. Not okay. to mention, Manson was hardcore racist and also, like, would have... Ra- I don't know if he was actively rallying against Black Panther, but the government was trying hard to dismantle Black Panther. Yeah, that's true. And they don't know where Manson even learned a lot of the stuff that he did, uh, except for, you know, in prison. Like, I mean, you don't know. He could have totally been experimented on in prison. Yeah. I mean, he was in it for like a long time. Between that and group homes, he totally could have been a government plant. So that's the conspiracy theory of the episode. Nice. Yeah. But I thought it was really interesting. I'm definitely going to try to find more stuff out about it, but it's kind of hard. But, guys, that's it for this week. Uh, That's part one, part two. We definitely will be covering the rest of, uh, well, the one more murder, the um, him getting caught, the trial, um, and basically his past, and then what happened afterwards because people still followed him, uh, and then his eventual death, which happened pretty recently. Um, in the last yeah. couple of years. Yeah, 2018, wasn't it? Uh, 2017, so I think. Yeah, I think it was 17. But, yeah. I mean, it happened really quick. Uh, so, you know, one thing I will say about Charles Manson, which cracks me up, is that he is a complete moron. Because his cult lasted three years, and the murders took place over three weeks, and then he was, like, done. Like, literally, that was, like, the end of Manson. I just feel like he could have got away with it longer if he just tried a little bit harder. Yeah. That's what happens when you get drugs mixed in with your cult, Well, he was like a kid, man. Well, he was in his 30s. Yeah. He was no, I'm really. saying it mentally. Like, he was oh, impatient. yeah. Look at uh, the next team cult. See, you could have lasted so much longer, Charles Manson. Not that we would want that, because we don't want a lot of people dead. Cults are scary. I, I'm interested in them. I would not want to meet them. No. Nope. Personally. Cultists are fun to meet. I feel like I would have wanted to meet Charles Manson. Yeah. At least in prison. I would have liked to interview him. I don't think you would have liked to meet him in prison, Joe. No, I meant to go to the prison to to interview him. Like Hannibal Lecter style? Yeah. <laughs> I'm imagining. I don't want him to like carve a swastika in the top of my head you while know I'm the, trying to interview him. You know the, uh, hello, Clarice, and then... <laughs> <laughs> hello, Joe. Oh, my gosh. All right, well, guys... That's it for this week. I really appreciate you guys listening. I hope you guys tune in for part two. Please like and subscribe uh, to us on, well, not like us on social media, follow us on social media, subscribe to us on iTunes or whatever uh, platform you use for podcasts. Please rate and review us on iTunes so that more people can find us. Keep us in your hearts and in your ears. Yep. This has been Joe Lillard. Okay. That That was... Joe, do the ear thing. This has been Joe Lillard. Hey, look, it helps. It helps. This has been Tevin Napier. This has been, I forgot my nickname. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye.